<laughs> hey, you're joining us with Stat Chat. I'm here with Michael Dupay. Uh, our special guest is America is the Bad Place. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Great to have you. If you aren't familiar with the channel, America is the Bad Place uses a show called The Good Place, a show about heaven and hell to represent America. Notably, how you guessed it, America is the bad place. So how did you get started on that channel other than, you know, just watching The Good Place? So it, the, the concept is not my concept. The, the writers of the show, um, I always watching it, I believed it was about the U.S., because I, uh, I actually watched The Good Place while I was flying through the US to go back to New Zealand before COVID. And um, I kept on falling asleep and then watching, going back and watching like some episodes twice and whatnot, because I couldn't remember where I was up to um, and missing some. But um, to me, I was literally uh, sitting in um, one of the airports in New York. I forget which one. Um, and uh, I was just like, yeah, this is definitely about the US. Um, and then just kept on watching um, because I, I unfortunately knew the season one cliffhanger. No, not cliffhanger. The, the, the ending to season one. I don't want to give it away, but everyone already knows it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I knew I knew what happened because I had seen the um, uh, I, I'd seen one episode prior to that. Um, and that was the um, the trolley uh, theory, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd seen that episode, so I understood um, the torture aspect. Um, so I, I under so when I was watching like the first season before I got to the end of it, I'd already gone, oh yeah, yeah, this is about the US. Um, but I thought it was just my take on it. So I then watched it while I was on holiday in New Zealand. Watched the watched the first three seasons. I don't think the fourth had come out yet. Um, I watched the fourth one later. Um, but uh, yeah, um, and then on the way back, I watched it all again. Uh, while I was um, traveling back through the US to get to get back to the UK um, just before COVID hit. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is definitely the case. Uh, and then I was listening to the podcast they have with it, which I didn't discover until about two months ago. And then oh, subsequently wow. just watched what uh, then listened to about 40 episodes in the space of about two weeks. Um, and uh, all through it, they're like, yeah, yeah, the writers are just basically saying it's the US. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, um, but I didn't realize how left-wing the writers were. Uh, so all the little sly nods to it being um, a, a, about the US in the show, um, I just am desperately wanting to say that it's the US. Uh, yeah. So in no way do I claim any kind of... Um, uh, intellectual property over saying that uh, it, it resembles the US. The writers did that, and I just decided it would be fun to make people laugh over the concept. I didn't even know that there was a podcast. That's crazy. It's so unbelievably good. Uh, so Mark Evan Jackson, he plays Sean. Um, he's um, he's amazing um, and so different to the character he plays. <laughs> uh, um and um, yeah, you just—it—it it is just—it's one of the best. I'm not someone that's ever listened to a um a podcast about a TV series, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think I'd normally find them interesting. But obviously, it's a big chunk of my life that takes in the comment sections of my videos. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, it was naturally something I I found quite interesting. But it's utterly brilliant and because I've got a bit of history, um, work-wise, on the outskirts of TV production. I haven't worked on TV shows, but I've helped with the production of TV shows. Um, so listening to them talking about the editing process and that sort of thing, I just had to go and send it to friends that were uh, that are in the industry to say, look, you've got to listen to behind the scenes in this. Uh, it's just so interesting. So um, do you know anybody from the United States? Uh, is there anybody like important to you that lives here? Or do you have any ties to the United States or anything? Uh, I'm passionate about bigotry and racism and just people being dicks and i like politics and those things cross over quite a lot in the u.s more than they do (laughs) in other countries um so uh, but look my um i uh, my parents lived in the u.s my sister was born in the u.s um so uh it's always been that other place um some of my first memories are traveling around the u.s um when i was must have been like five or something like that i don't i think some yeah so yeah some of my first memories are are, are on uh that trip so 
Yeah. Um, do I have uh, relatives? My, my, my daughter's got cousins on her other side that live uh, in Texas. Um, so, yeah, they, um, they, they see a completely different lifestyle to what they had when they were, in, when they were living in the UK. Um, but based on their profession, it makes definite sense for them to live in the US based on what they do. Mm. But I, obviously, I, I try to stay oh, private about uh, that makes sense uh, yeah. about about my life, so I won't go into too much detail about that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, when you like when you started your channel, like I've been following you for a long time, but ever since I've been following you, you've had you know two hundred thousand followers um, or so. You know. Um, how long did it take of you constantly making videos for your channel to take off? Like, was it an immediate thing where everybody saw your videos and just loved oh, it? Oh, no, 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 not at all. So this is my second account. Um, my first account got to 93, I think, thousand followers, something like that. Uh -huh. um, I, but even that was just a jump. It jumped up like 40,000 followers in the previous two weeks. Um, mm. And um, that account got banned because I did a video uh, comparing um, the... Uh, comparing how the empire treats Puerto Rico uh, to how the British empire uh, treated the United States and their origin story. Um, and um, yeah, that, that video got my account banned um, <laughs> because pe pe people don't, don't like it when you mix the U S origin story with current politics, apparently. No. Yeah. Wait, what's the, which empire in the second one? Like, <laughs> or in the first one, like, I, this is. It seems like it's a current thing that I'm not aware of. Oh, just the the way the United States treats Puerto Rico. Okay. Yeah. That that's kind of what I was thinking, but I wasn't sure. But yeah. I uh -huh. there's a the, there's a video I I literally reposted that video because I was like, oh, fuck it, uh, and I reposted yeah. that video two days ago. I think on on Friday I reposted it. I'm sure now yeah. it's probably gonna do better. People... Well, that, that that video got like six hundred thousand views, and then um. And uh, in the space of about four hours or something, oh wow! It just, just it just wow. blew up. Uh, and then I got a message from uh, uh, I got a message from TikTok to say that it had been translated into Spanish um, by a human, and it actually says the name of the person, which I think is quite funny. Uh, and then I went to bed and woke up, and my account was banned. Uh, <laughs> so, like, what was wow. the like? What what did you violate that caused it to get banned? Oh, you don't need to violate anything. You just need to make enough people angry. Yeah, that's that's been okay. my experience. Uh, however, well. uh, but look, my I've toned down a lot of, in my content, but for two reasons. Uh, one is it's safer, but the biggest reason is I've just learned a lot about the US. My early content was really confronting, and I thought the best approach to um, explain to 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 expose more Americans to the realities of the outside world. Um, and this in, in no way is in a way to belittle um, what Americans know about the outside world. You've got so much media to consume within your own country. You don't need to have n news from alternative nations to keep people locked into a channel. You've got enough yeah. to make enough things to make you angry in your own politics to not <laughs> need to look outside to Ain't think what the fuck. The truth. Um, so, um, but in order in order to have intellectual curiosity, you need to know a little bit or see something about it in order to become more interested in that in in that in that subject. And because um, U.S. media consumption is so U.S. centric, there is you don't have those. You don't. Um, it's far less likely that somebody living in the U.S. will see something from the outside and follow that and do and do a deep dive to know more. Um, whereas when you grow up in other countries, you are exposed to far more media from alternative sources. Like uh, growing up in New Zealand, you'll have two or three news channels or news stations that are on at say six o'clock and 10 o'clock at night or anything like that. This is the nineties. So rather mm -hmm. than the, the multiple 24 hour news channels that they have now. Um, but those, when, if you, if you live in any country, you're not going to go and send reporters to, um, 80 different countries around the world to bring back news when you only need to have 14 segments of news uh, in your, in your hour. And then you've got sport and weather and everything else. You're not going to have people stationed there, but what you will do is have, uh, is have reciprocal arrangements where you agree to report in New Zealand for other news channels. Um, meanwhile, you've got a, a German reporter who covers the uh, central Europe um, and they might have a reporter based in Japan and that, that German reporter will speak Japanese or speak English. 
Uh, and then when something happens in Japan, that German reporter will have a partnership with New Zealand and they will then go to, uh, to then cover what's happening in Japan by a German reporter who will then explain the news in English to, uh, to New Zealanders. Um, so they have this reciprocal arrangement and they will have a set amount of guaranteed airtime that they will buy from this, say, German uh, media company. And then they will have the same from ABC News and other news sources in the US and, the, and, and Canada and all over the world. They will have little partnerships to say, we will agree to buy this much news from you as a base. And then they will then buy more as it goes because it's cheaper for them just to buy a small snippets of news as it's important rather than to station somebody over there. Um, So it doesn't matter what country you're in. If you're outside of the US, you see other countries' news and you see what's happening because they all have these reciprocal arrangements to to cover interesting things around the world. Um, Whereas US international news is, here's where our bombs are usually Um, and and here's and here's who hates us because we might have given weapons to a insurgent group years ago and now that got out of hand and now we're fighting that insurgent group here's the news it's a really i i I love the news from that aspect from from i find it so utterly fascinating a lot of the watching watching us news compared to other news because it is to me I know I've joked about it a lot, but it is like a precursor to Starship Troopers, um, and I don't know the the uh, uh, and RoboCop and all those other things where it's just these it's it, it's so out there and so different um, and so focused on things that other countries just don't care about uh, the abortion, the religion side of things. Religion is a personal thing that you don't even talk about in other countries. You don't hold oh. placards. You don't tell oh, people. That you don't, sounds amazing. It, it just doesn't <laughs> yeah. exist. I I don't know when the last time was I saw a cross or a gun in a store. Well, a, a gun on a person or a, or or Jesus stuff in a store. It just doesn't exist. You must be able to buy it somewhere, but it doesn't sell that well. So you probably just get it on Amazon now. Um. So I I, I literally do not know the last time I saw Jesus stuff. It was probably when I was traveling, uh, through the U.S. Uh, and, and I say traveling through. So I was literally just going from airport to airport. Um, like, but the last time I was there, that would be the last time I saw Jesus stuff in a shop. Well, that's all it oh, takes to find we, Jesus stuff in a shop in America. You could be here for five <laughs> minutes and see one. Yeah, yeah. It, like there are entire shops dedicated to Jesus. Yeah, like, and and entire shops dedicated to to Jesus everywhere. It, yeah. It's sometimes they call them churches. <laughs> yeah, um, the shop aspect is that you have to give them money and then you walk out. But you haven't taken anything with you. One example that I that I've always found funny, even though of course I grew up with it, is if your heater goes out and it's and it's cold outside or whatever, or if you're like if you need a candle for some reason, um, or even if you're just trying to make make your house smell nice. <laughs> um, there's two types. There's three types of candles. There's of course the kind that smells good, the kind that's unscented, and then there's Jesus candles. Yeah. And you cannot go to a store looking for candles without seeing the Jesus candles first. So I literally don't know what you mean by Jesus candles. Um, but oh, I, I wish we were on video. You know I have one. I'd show you. I would. Okay. Can I just make the assumption? Because this is a, this is a far better version of any candle you're going to describe. Is it literally, a, is it literally just Jesus with a wick inside his body? And then he just melts from the head down. <laughs> we need to make this a thing. <laughs> oh, I, I bet you it is. A oh thing no, it's it's somewhere. absolutely a thing somewhere. I'm sure yeah. of it. I haven't seen one, but that it has to be. Um, That's it. Wait That's on, be it... the first bit of podcast merch. <laughs> wait on. No, it could have th- it could have three wicks. You've got the one. You've got one in each hand, and then one in the and the other one comes out the rib or something. I think that's how you do it, isn't it? No. Oh, okay. it's the, it's the so feet. Three the, wicks, the... both hands, and the and feet. The, yeah, the feet are together. Yeah, the feet have the one spike in them. Yeah. yeah. And and at Christmas time, it's a baby Jesus. Is that how it works? Uh, normally, yes, <laughs> but there's still adult Jesus, the adult stab Jesus around everywhere, like even in Christmas time. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, However, what you actually mean by Jesus candles, like they they are literally uh, just normal candles. They just have Jesus all over them, and then they watch him burn i still don't understand that side of it that seems there's, strange there, to me there's not there's not a side you know how most candles just have a design on the outside to tell you like what scent it is or uh, oh, so, like oh, who so makes like it shaved uh no oh. it's, it, the glass container has has oh, jesus okay. on it oh, yeah. Right, but yeah it it does nothing special usually it's a little bit cheaper 
than than the other candles. But otherwise, it's just a Jesus candle. You're you're supposed okay. to light it and appreciate Jesus with it, I guess. Okay, I put I'm putting a link in voice related so that you can see these. Okay, that's, there we go. Voice related. Okay, I'm looking here. Okay, clicking on the link. Let's see what this is. I'd like to add that if you're listening, you can find the link in the description of this episode. So feel free to give it a click. Why is this one Jason Momoa? Oh, there's a Robert Pattinson <laughs> one. one. Walter White. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's the. Okay, we've got the Jesus. I do like the Danny DeVito. Um, oh, that's amazing. Of course, Obi Wan Kenobi. That has to be oh, there. Check the one that's like, like spraying white and red rays from one of his hands. I don't see that Pete, one. I see an like alien. Man, Jesus. <laughs> there's a Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay, this is way better is that andre the giant <laughs> the body of andre the giant <laughs> so now you know what jesus candles are and now we all know what all these other candles are <laughs> um but yeah so you have to go through these first uh and then you will see the 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 normal candles that you're looking for um, and these Jesus candles are anywhere. You could literally buy them at any store you go to. Uh, like anything that, not not just anything that sells candles, anything that sells things that you put in your home, whether it's like a Dollar Tree yeah. uh, or a Walmart. Uh, sometimes gas stations have Jesus candles. Yeah, I, I I don't know when the last time was I saw the Jesus. Uh, one of the things that's craziest to me is that there are Bible stores. Oh, yeah. Just, just Bible stores. It's a store dedicated to one book. But you get them like, free every time you go into a church. <laughs> well, generally, you don't get to walk out with them. Yeah. Um. Oh. <laughs> We're always just sitting there. Um, like, <laughs> literally, you go into churches in the UK. I've been into loads of churches because they're just important parts of architecture. Um, and you can walk in and you might feel like a seat. It's always nice and cool. Uh, on a hot day and uh, anyway I've been into a few because the architecture is cool the windows are always quite awesome but there's never anybody in there they're just I think that they're just open because people need to go in to see where they want the next when they want funerals to be and stuff so they gotta it's like a you gotta be able to walk in to see if it's the a place where you want to bury someone or see someone off and your see, churches are also very different than ours you know you brought up the fact that they're old buildings uh, ours are mostly repurposed shopping malls like we have normal churches as well yeah. but there is a, a disproportionate amount of repurposed shopping malls that are turned into churches in America. Yeah, yeah. I don't know We're a single one that's important architecture. Yeah, but also that doesn't I, happen. I want to I want to note for a moment that in your response to us mentioning that, well, you don't get to walk home with them, is well, there's no one around. <laughs> so you're just stealing bibles from churches I'm a, I, like, I never have i don't need to because they always come free with every hotel room as well that, that's <laughs> true and again <laughs> but wait but but again same point do they actually come free with hotel rooms or are you just taking them there too <laughs> well every, it doesn't matter how the, the magic aren't they that's the whole point of that's the whole point of um, the religion stuff. Every, you take it and it's always back there every time you come back. It's the magic draw. I don't know how it works. That's, that's, why, that's why people believe in them, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any other reason, but I can only imagine the effect that that would have on a culture not having to deal with that on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, I tell you what, the um, religion over here, obviously you don't hear about it. Um, the only time you notice it um, is when you've got workmates who have got um who were takes away some of the time so you might have a a, a muslim or a, uh, or a jewish person who uh, who leaves early on a friday um on in the winter months when it gets dark earlier so that's something you'll notice um doesn't affect anybody um it it in it, it it's an important part of their life you respect that part of their life and that's it but it's generally not it's not it, it, they they will discuss their life like they would anything else if it's a big part of their life and what they did at the weekend that's great but they're not sitting there preaching about it nobody preaches religion in this country in any of the countries i've lived i've lived in although i've lived in very similar countries in the uk australia new zealand um but um yeah that there's there's just not it just doesn't that religion doesn't come up this just reminded me like because I know tipping in the UK is like different. Uh, like is or is tipping even a thing? I can't even remember. 
it's it's not an automatic thing. Um, but if you're out at a if you're out at a restaurant, you will generally you will tip and you will round it up or do something like that. But it's not something that people rely on. So you tip more for really good service, like you would in the US. Um, but it will be. Um, but if you're if you're out and you've got a meal that's say forty six pounds, you'll round it up to fifty. Uh, if it's forty eight, you'll probably round it up to fifty. If it's forty four, you'll probably round it up to fifty. Uh, and if it's really good service, you may add some more. Um, it doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't really matter. Of course, it affects people if you if you tip them. Um, yeah. But the the minimum wage in the UK um, is the equivalent of about. 1350 US dollars, I think, when I last checked. Might have gone down, but actually the exchange rate just dropped a bit. So it might be equivalent of about $12. Um, but of course, there's no need for putting aside money for any kind of yeah. healthcare costs. Um, oh, and yeah. if you're and if you're if you've got student if you've got student loans and you're on a low income, you don't have to pay back your student loans until you uh, start earning about 90% of the average wage in the UK. Wow. Um, and, That's very different. And, and wow. And once you hit that threshold, then paying back your um, student loans is basically a nine percent tax on your income. Above that, um, basically, once you start earning the average amount, you pay nine percent extra in tax uh, on that extra income. Um, wow! So, and and to be fair, that is the worst in Europe. Um, yeah. And I, there was, and, and there were people got... pretty much rioting in the streets when when the Conservative government brought that in in two thousand and ten. Before that, it was free. That's insane. Wow. I'm sitting here with tens of thousands of dollars in student debt right now. And I'm, and I haven't even finished. Right. Like, yeah. And the, uh, even, even the the tax, like all of it included with the tax, um, sounds even like, oh, and you don't, and you'll barely, and if you're on minimum wage, you barely pay tax. Um, the, um, the tax threshold kicks in at about, is it twelve thousand pounds now? So the equivalent of I don't know fifteen thousand dollars or something like that. So you don't pay any tax in your first fifteen thousand dollars. See, you we generally have like a somewhat low, virtually no tax on the the poorest as far as income tax. Yeah, the highest um, taxes, even though they're not the highest in brackets, uh, the highest effective taxes are usually uh, once you get to about thirty to forty thousand and up. Um, like the middle yeah. class, the 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 low to middle class, but are still supporting their own families, are the ones that get hit the heaviest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, but one of the things to keep on is like uh, we get hit the hardest with sales tax, which we've got a lot of in various yeah. states. Yeah, and the UK does uh, has way higher sales tax at twenty percent. Um, but they don't have any sales tax on essentials. Um, oh. <laughs> so, so, so if you if you want to buy a if you want to buy a chicken um, and it's raw, it's um, it, you pay no sales tax on that. But the moment it's been in the oven and roasted, uh, the shop will charge you more because it, they put the effort into oh, yeah. cooking it for right. you. So it might yeah. be instead of being uh, instead of instead of being four pounds for a chicken, it's now six pounds. But then you've got to pay VAT on that as well because it's now a non-essential item because you're getting yeah. a, a, a something you take home to eat rather than something you cook. Right. Um, yeah. So your your breads, your sugars, your flours, uh, your waters. If you're buying a bottled water, um, I assume that's maybe it's not. Um, but yeah, any any essential item for cooking um, won't have um, VAT. But the moment that something like uh, uh, cola or something like that that's not necessarily healthy and not a staple food item then it will have 20 percent tax on it um wow. all of our staples have tax yeah um like, i mean even literally anything you buy well uh, so like there there are a few exceptions so texas even as bad as it is with sales tax uh doesn't tax groceries but it does tax other health items um so it, it, depending on what medicines you buy, some of those are taxed. Not not normally prescription medicines, but uh, it depends on the kind of over-the-counter medicines. A lot of those are taxed. You also like feminine products are all taxed. Different different other health items are taxed. But in Texas, you don't pay taxes on groceries. But there are states where everything is taxed in sales tax. Literally mm. everything. Yeah, and that is obviously a tax rate that 
far more impacts people on low incomes than uh, yeah. than people on higher incomes based on the proportion of their income spent on those items. Oh, absolutely. And the whole reason I brought tipping up in the first place was because uh, we were talking about religion and how it impacts. I don't know if you've heard of or seen this happen, but around here, we get people who will tip with a thing that looks like a $100 bill. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. But the moment you look at it, it is a scripture passage about greed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but the but here's the thing: the amount of the amount of people that have worked in um, customer service, not customer service. If you work in the service industry, um, the amount of people that hate working Sunday afternoons oh, um, yeah. because of how bad the tipping is, because all of the changes they don't they're not carrying any small change anymore. Um, and, uh, so yeah, the irony of that combined with, oh, here's, um, here's some fake money to make you feel good. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I don't know. I, I just find that utterly fascinating, um, from a, from an outsider's point of view, the, um, the religious, religiosity, religiosity, I find it utterly fascinating how something that the rest of the developed world largely moved away from last century is still really going strong. So purely from a, um, a person from a, a study point of view or an interest point of view, general interest, really into religion. Uh, I think it's awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, it's not something I really get to experience. It's just something other people do. Um, yeah. The yeah. America, the tipping, it it's literally life or death, whether or not you're going to make rent yeah. is based on whether or not you get tipped well. Not just tipped, tipped well. Yeah. It, yeah, and if you and if you don't and if you don't get tipped well, then you've got to go and and some then a portion of your tips are going to the back end staff, and sometimes you walk away only yeah. making a few pounds on your shift because if eight times two pounds thirty two dollars thirteen uh, isn't much, and if you're yeah. and if you if you were tipped low on some of your bigger tables, then um and you're cashing out the others, then um you're not making much that day. But there are some people making far more. Yeah in the service industry in the U S um, than people would earn in the, in, in the UK. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of upscale restaurants are... have uh, enforced gratuity. Right. Mm. Yeah. So there is a lot of people in the U S that are earning amazing amounts in the, um, in the service industry, especially if you're working somewhere like Vegas. Um, everybody that's on a winning streak is, is paying out large chunks of money to, uh, to people when they're drunk. Uh, so there are, yeah, they, not sitting here saying one's better than the others, but one's a lot safer um, and provides minimum basic standards of decency for people that live in the country. And the other one provides a great chance for someone who's exploited to be able to get into the stage of becoming an exploiter with the amount of money that they're pulling in each day in a, in a service job that pays really well. Sometimes they do really well in this. Right. And I think yeah. an important note is that uh, most American politicians, not not all, but most, the ones that want to increase the tipping wage are typically only trying to increase that wage. They're not trying to get rid of the culture behind yeah. it. So a uh, tip wage in, in certain states, even even places that have an extremely high cost of living are only, like you said, $2. If we can bring that up to where minimum wage is or higher than that, mm. then... Um, you'd have a safety net on top of it and you'd be able to keep your tips as well. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is just to compare the two, uh, again, so I'll, I'll use the UK. Look, it's, what, it's where I live. It's just easier, but it's the same elsewhere. Um, if, you, if you're on minimum wage in the UK and you're in a service industry job, you'll get some tips as well. Um, but you're on minimum wage. You also, as part of your job, will get one in whatever, uh, every eight days you work, you'll get one day off. It might be nine days. Every nine days you work, you get one day paid off um, because that's just the legal minimum. Um, so it's, so the U UK is quite low. It's only 28 paid days off a year as a guaranteed minimum. Um, eight of those days are national holidays. It's 29 that, this year. Low? For Europe, I don't, there's only a couple that are lower uh, and the rest are usually, it's, it hovers around 30. And then you've got France, it's like 36. Um, and I think Luxembourg's like 42. I think it was like, there's one other that's crazily out there with like 42. Loads of African countries have like 40 because people want to go home back to their families and stuff. So it's written in that they get a long time off and it's just part of their culture. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a stat I've said so many times that 81 countries have a minimum of 30 guaranteed paid days off a year. 
Um, wow. And the way and the way and the way it works is that your employer is basically forced to set aside pay for you um, when you're not in when you're not there. Um, so it's very easy if you're on a salary to get paid the same amount each month, and you tell them what days you're taking wow. off. Wow! Um, like, and there's no there's no question about when you take the time off. Um, you've just got if you're if you're on a uh, if you're on a in a sales role and you've got quarterly targets, you don't take the week off before your end of target. You might do if it's a really important occasion, but it'd be a bit of a dick move to um, to keep taking the, that week off when it's maybe important yeah. for the for the team and that sort of stuff. But in general, you take off whatever time you want. Um, and then you have somebody that will answer your phone, um, but you're not doing your job. Everybody that's your clients and that sort of thing knows that you're not going to be there that week. So they'll still yeah. send stuff your way. They're just not expecting an answer. If it's important, they will already get to know your buddy. If you're in a if you're in a if you're in a sales role that involves clients, they've already spoken to the person that looks after your stuff because you might have a reciprocal arrangement with two other people that cover your stuff. So you introduce them to your clients to say, "This is who's going to be looking after your stuff when I'm away." Uh, and it's just culture that you know that out of um, out of every eight weeks that you've got or every nine weeks that you're um, that you're dealing with a um, with a supplier or a client of yours, that person's just not going to be there for that ninth week. Um, that's just how it is. The other thing that a lot of Americans don't realize, and I haven't done a video on this basically because oh, that's what I was going to say earlier, the way I did my videos at the start has changed a lot um, because I was very confrontational at the start to say, look, wake up. It gets better than this. And I didn't realize, I, I soon realized how painful that was to people that felt trapped. And I think it's pretty safe to say that there are no videos of mine that mock Americans for not having these, what are considered human rights in other countries. So anything that's done in a mocking way is mocking the exploiting class rather than the exploited class. The politicians that are taking bribes the, the owners of businesses that are raking in these massive profits and not putting it back into the businesses, which happens in every country, yeah. but is just out of this world in the US um, yeah. because there's a social safety net that businesses are forced to pay into that they're not in the US. So I very much changed my approach in talking about that because, yeah, it was really painful to be told if, you're, if you haven't traveled outside of the US, you should be traveling outside of the US. Uh, I did one video where I was as, as blatant as that uh, saying that Americans' geographical knowledge is terrible, which it, to be honest, it largely is. Well, we don't for, get to go um, anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for for a, for a number of reasons. One is that there's the not not the paid time off. And if here's the biggest thing: if if suddenly tomorrow every American woke up, well, no, let's not say suddenly woke up. Let's say over the next twenty years, every single year, uh, Congress demanded that every employer um, gave you one extra paid day off a year. So ne from next year, let's say it was five days. Every employer, an employer can absorb five days. Uh, everybody has to get five minimum paid days off a year, and your employer has to set aside that money to pay you when you're not when you're not in. Um, and then the next year it was six, and the next year it was seven, and then in 15 years' time, every American is getting what would be considered the bare minimum in every other wealthy nation apart from Canada and Japan, mm -hmm. um, where they get like 16 and 10 plus. Uh, yeah, anyway, um, plus local holidays. So it's about 16 and 15 or something like that, those two. Um, the, con the consequence would be that an entire industry of cheap holidays would come up because no one's got more money by doing this. You've got the same amount of money, but you have free time. So what instead you do is you, you use your camping equipment more. You take your kids camping. And then what happens is, you know, the Spirit Airlines, suddenly Spirit Airlines has a competitor because you've now got all of these people with free time. Uh, the middle-class people, if they can find an extra 500 pounds a year, to spend on travel. Suddenly that can get you a holiday for a family camping somewhere on a campsite because all of these new campsites will become far more developed. They'll put up better toilets to encourage more people to come in and you'll have these low cost holidays that maybe aren't there anymore. Um, suddenly destinations in the Caribbean will, will start to um, cater to people that um, that wouldn't have previously had the money to travel, but they might buy an all-inclusive package. might fix their yeah. ships. Yeah, well, like, you might you, you might have a holiday destination that's a two-star, all-inclusive uh, resort, a low-cost resort um, that a family can go and spend a week at for maybe $1,000 or something like that, which, yeah. again, it might be $1,000 that a lot of people don't have, but a large amount of Americans will have that. And then over time, an entire industry of low-cost travel will come. Um, if, I want to, if I want to travel to um, uh, any country in Europe and I'm – and I don't care about the day I'm going to travel. 
I can travel to pretty much any country in Europe and it will be cost me less than $100. If I want to go on a certain date, that might cost me $300 or $600. Um, but if I'm flexible in my time, then I've, I could travel for $20 to a, to a lot of places, literally leave the country for $20, go to a campsite for a week um, and be in the sun for, uh, for, I don't know, $500 a week or something like that. Um, meanwhile, you've got all the amenities um, a short walk away from you on the beach that you're next to uh, in the campsite. So there's just so many cheap holidays available in, in Europe because there is a culture of everybody getting paid time off, even the lowest paid workers. And so it's really common uh, with inflation the way it is now, it's going to be less common. Um, but it's really common for people of all of all socioeconomic classes in Europe to go on holiday, maybe not to another country, um, but to be on holiday four weeks a year with their family. It's just how it is. It's culture. Mm-hmm. Wow. The place I work, you don't get paid time off until you've been there a year and then you get one right and if you're each year um at least the way oh yeah none of that includes sick and none of those include sick days sick days on top of that and generally you can take as much as you need as and if it and if you're taking it and you don't need a doctor's note if you call up a doctor and say i need a doctor's note they'll be like oh how how many weeks have you been off uh and if you were to say oh no i just need it for today because i'm calling in sick you would get laughed at and be told all right you either you either go away or you give me the name of your employer so I can report them. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that sounds. Especially, especially to us, because like sometimes going and getting a doctor's note itself is expensive. Yeah, because... literally, it's a, I've literally got a script here that I've, I have a video that I've been meaning to put up for like a month that I just didn't quite, I don't quite, I don't quite like the, uh, the way I put it. So I've never quite, haven't quite done it. But yeah, the basic premise is that you, um, you call the doctor in the US because you're not going to be able to make it in and it costs you more than you would have earned the day that you would have gone in uh, to get that note so that you don't have to go in. So you're being basically not paid for two days because you were sick. Um, And then, uh, so to to avoid missing a day's pay, you've got to pay more than that so you don't get punished. Um, Whereas in the UK, literally, you call up and say you need a doctor's note and you you either get laughed at or you get yelled at or they feel sorry for you because clearly you're being exploited by an employer that's breaking the law. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And not to mention, um, in, in the UK, you guys have mandatory paid time off as well, right? For healthcare. So it's not just, it's not just you're missing work a day and you're not getting paid for it. It's like, you're actually getting paid for that day. Right. Now the UK is terrible at this. Oh, um, so you, there's, so in general, for the vast majority of employees, if I was to call in sick tomorrow, I get paid. There's no question. I'm on a salary. Um, and, you get paid. It's fine. The people that you work with will cover whatever it is that needs to be covered. Uh, if anything urgent is really important, they will contact you and ask you a question about it. Um, I worked when I had COVID. Um, I could have taken the time off. They said take all the time off you need. But uh, look, I was I was able to work from home. It's, it's not that big a deal and I felt fine. But literally, I could have just said, no, no, I'm, I got COVID. I need to recover. I slept in. I didn't set my alarm and I started working when I woke up. And that was it. Just kept working. Um, but I could have taken the time off would have been paid. That's not to say that that's the same for everybody. UK's statutory sick pay is terrible on a European standard. You get paid the equivalent of about $30 a day, I think it is. I'm, I might have that wrong. It might be less than that. Whatever it is, it's it's something that's not, it's not a living wage by any means, but it helps yeah. tide you over. Uh, to a point where there's there's an industry in the UK that there isn't in the rest of Western Europe. And that is um, income protection insurance. Um, if you uh, if you were to get ill for a for a year and wanted to stay on your full pay, you would need to get income protection insurance. Whereas in many countries in I'll say Western Europe, it's um, generally the, the the wealthier nations that do it. Um, you'll get maybe eighty percent of your wage for a year or something like that if you've got a diagnosed uh, condition that means you won't be able to work. And your 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 employer will pick up the tab for the first month or so, and then it moves on to the government paying the rest. Well, wow. hold on, hold on. So, if you can buy purchase this insurance, provided that you have a diagnosed condition, is that what uh, I'm hearing? So in in so in the UK, you need you would need this. Not many people do it. 
because it's just not really worth it unless it's going to and it, it, look it's, it's an option anyway um whereas in in europe it's not necessary in a lot of western europe it's not necessary um but in in, in the uk you would get this insurance on the basis that uh, if you're diagnosed with anything um you're covered however if they do a health check on you and look at your gp records before they insure you which would be above certain thresholds um depending on uh, your age um mostly your your age and how much you're trying to get insurance for um then they might want to look at your doctor's records for a higher amount but otherwise it might be if you're young enough they'll just give you and give you a, a basic rate where you give them i don't know 30 pounds a month and they'll cover your wage if you get diagnosed with a condition that means you can't work um, okay so, so anyway similar so, to or like how our healthcare used to look at records because um, yeah we are now not allowed to disqualify based on pre-existing conditions but but previously yeah. our health yeah our, our health insurance let us do that or they yeah, whereas, were allowed to whereas that in the uk the only place that would look at pre-existing conditions would be like the health that would be like the life insurance industry and stuff like that right um they can they can look i assume in the u.s they can look at you yeah of course they can look at your pre-existing conditions with life insurance in the u.s so yeah um that that type of insurance is stuff that you would get in the UK, but of course, out of the health insurance. Uh, oh, that's that's the other thing. A private health insurance exists. I work for a, a large American company, Fortune 500 company, uh, and I was on the um, I was on the, the the group that would assess the private insurance that we had, private health insurance that we had. Um, and I always wondered why we had it, and then I joined this team that oversaw employee compensation and other stuff, um, and um, I basically just said, look, we're, we we had a meeting about it. And I said, we're paying way too much for this. If you're a new employee that comes in, um, it's costing you more in the, in the tax benefit. And I looked back at our claims record, went back and got all these quotes. And they said, no, no, it's because you've been making so many claims. That's why your premiums have gone up so much. And the reason, there's a point to this, the reason that our, um, that our claims were so high is not because of people doing private insurance. It's because the private insurers offered would offer you 150 pounds a day for every night you you stayed at a um, NHS hospital rather than their private hospital. So mm. if you could have qualified for getting surgery done or doing anything with them, they would instead off rather than paying for it, they'll give you 150 quid if you do it on the NHS instead. And literally all of our claims were just people going, Oh, I don't need private insurance, I just use the NHS. I'll get paid 150 day every summer for every night I stay in the hospital. Um and and that was all our claims. And it got so expensive for us, we had to stop putting spouses on it uh to bring the price down again. Uh to a point where it wasn't worth me being on it because I was paying more in my uh like out of my my 30% tax because it was literally costing four times, five times more than it would have based on my age if I was to get my own private health insurance, which I would never need uh, because <laughs> the only thing they really cover is not emergency services. It's just uh, knee replacements, hip replacements, right. and and non-emergency run-of-the-mill surgeries is what it covers. It's things that companies offer, but nobody chooses a company because of health insurance. It just ticks a box that they know is really cheap because these private companies have to compete with the NHS. So the costs stay really low. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Sorry. Wow, that yeah. is insane. Yeah, that's like, I just, I honestly, I, like the only reason I have healthcare at all is because I'm a student at a particular college and right. the, uh, it still wouldn't be worth the money, except I have had all, a lot of medical issues lately and now like you know one of my prescriptions that keeps me from being in chronic pain yeah it's like five thousand dollars a month without insurance yeah yep. <laughs> um, um yeah that, and, and obviously that is just nuts because no matter what that is as long as it's uh and and the way the nhs works over here is they go to a company and they say right your medication works slightly better than your competitor's medication, therefore we want yours, but you're charging us 80% more than they are, and it's not justifiable for the greater good. The statistical life benefit, meaning the quality of life that the entire nation would get out of that medication, means that it's only worth to the nation paying an extra 6% for. And then the company will say, right, well, you can have it for 8%. And then it just goes, no, no, we said six. Give us six and we can have it. And then they come and go, right, seven. And then it just goes, yeah, we told you six. Come back and give us six. And then they buy it for 100, 106, and then they sell it for 106% of their competitor because they've got a slightly better product. 
Right. Um, and that, and they just do it all based on the accumulative years of quality life that a drug will benefit the entire population for. That's how they decide on their pricing. Um, and it's take it or leave it. And these companies always take it. Now, it's a lot harder for Canada because Canada is right across the border. And these companies are like, yeah, we can't make it that much cheaper than the US. It will make it really harder to sell our drugs in the US. But it's very easy in the UK. And that's why you get insulin being sold to the UK for literally 9% of what it's being sold to for the, for the, to the US public. Because the NHS has said that's our price. It's insulin. Mm-hmm. Get it from someone else if you want it. The only thing you're the only thing on your patent is the uh, is the delivery mechanism. The patent was sold for a dollar, and developed with help by the U.S. government. Why are we paying you, a private company, this? It, it's ridiculous. We'll give you we'll give you eighty pounds per person per month for their supply. Take it or leave it. And then they're like, well, if we don't offer it, the other insulin provider will sell it for that. So um, we better go in cheaper. Uh, okay, we'll do seventy two dollars instead of 80 uh, and then it becomes a fight to the bottom for price rather than a fight to the uh, extreme of how much you can you can make yeah 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 and then and then the consumer in the uk always pays the same it's uh, like the equivalent of about 14 dollars for it or not even that about 12 dollars for a prescription but if you're low income you get it free and if you've got a chronic condition with multiple medications you can sign up to paying the equivalent of about 140 uh, us dollars a year um, for as much medication as you need and I think that's the craziest thing to me is is these companies over there are still making profits. It's not like everything is non-profit there. Uh, these companies that are over there are still able to sell their product. Um, yeah, and in an, yeah. Indirect, in an indirect way, U.S. consumers are subsidizing European medication. If you're, a, if you're a company who's made 500 million in profits last year and the U.S. government was to turn around and say, no, we're now taking over all purchases of all medication, or no, forget that. Let's say the U.S. government was to say, you know what, back in 2006 when we agreed we wouldn't um, negotiate as a government and make prices cheaper for people on Medicare, Medicaid, or the entire country, when we agreed not to do that because you bribed so many of our politicians, we're now going to start leveraging against multiple suppliers to get the best deal for Americans. If they started doing that, and then the profit margin in the U.S., meant that instead of making 500 million in just the US, they were now going to be making 300 million. What it, what are the shareholders going to expect? They're just going to say, oh yeah, uh, well, that's perfectly understandable. 300 million is fine this year. We'll take the drop. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> will they demand um, that they have layoffs to lower costs? Or will mm-hmm. they demand that they increase their prices in other markets to keep their global profits high, to keep the share price high? What will they demand? So the uh, in, indirectly, every time you buy medication in the U.S., you are effectively giving money to European markets. Yeah, the, that makes the sense. Insurance, That's... the healthcare is like one of the things I hate the most. <laughs> I mean, like I gotta this. say though, um, the way that our gun culture is is probably the thing that I hate the most. Oh, right? yeah. God damn it, that one's big too. <laughs> That's <laughs> which ah, it is. It is unbelievably abnormal how passionate people get over that i've shot guns they are awesome it is really cool i remember being 12 years old and going out on a, um, a farm and um and um obviously the farmer needs to um do some stuff to animals that uh, aren't healthy and you see that kind of stuff mm-hmm. i remember being about 13 years old and going hunting with my brother for hunting goats on a farmer's land who needed to uh, uh clear some wild goats I've got to say that's not a pleasant experience. The uh, goats, when they're injured, their pain is very similar to a, a human. Uh, mm. I can't say that's the most pleasant experience, but if you're into hunting, I get it. It's quite cool. Guns are cool. Um, but most normal countries say, well, if you want it for hunting, yeah, you can have it for hunting, but you don't need something that's going to rip an animal apart. Um, and it basically... It's like the U.S. doesn't allow uh, doesn't allow people to have nuclear weapons, bazookas, fighter jets without without appropriate training. Um, and when you include all that, and we include the, uh, the all we do is just get rid of weapons of war. Um, whereas the U.S. allows weapons of war and yeah. is really passionate about it. It's just where you leave that cut off. I mean, you look at the Australian figures and how well they've um, how well they've stopped the. Um, uh the mass shootings over there with only oh. with only one in the last 26 years since the port after massacre in tasmania you mentioned weapons of war i don't know 
how many people know this, but I don't know if this is for all states, but I know it is for Texas. Um, you can purchase a tank so long as the main cannon has like been disabled and like uh, can't be used anymore. I did not but know that. That's I crazy. Used, like in one of the areas I used to work in, every now and then you'd see a tank driving by. Yeah. I mean, and we have to keep in mind too that part of the reason for this uh, insane passion for weapons of war in the United States is it is the belief that the government can rise up and be a tyrant and individuals need to form a militia to defend against tyranny, you know? Um, yeah, they, they do that and, all the time. I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, right. None of it makes US any sense. Fucking military. But yeah, that that is a huge part of the reason. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the Second Amendment made a huge amount of sense at the time. You needed uh, you needed a state militia to be well-trained to quell slave uprisings. And as long as you have that, you are able to, to protect your nation from economic ruin um, that would come from exploiting people less. Um, so it makes perfect sense to have the Second Amendment Make absolute, absolute perfect sense why it was there 200 and something years ago. Right. And even then, uh, the, the right to be able to to bear arms in a small way uh, still makes sense to a certain degree, not to the degree that they think that it is. But I understand if you live in a rural area of the United States and there are wild, dangerous animals uh, to want to be able to defend yourself against that. But... Yep. Yeah. You do not need a, an Armalite to do that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I also just realized another one, the tax preparation services. Yeah. <laughs> that one's... <laughs> I cannot emphasize enough how little time I have spent on taxes in my life. I, oh. ran, I, I ran a business until I started my previous job, my, this job I'm in now. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to have an accountant for tax prep for a business. But outside of that, I've spent zero time doing taxes in my life. Um, oh. I think I actually once one year in Australia, I filled out a four months because I heard you could get money back for sunscreen or something like that if you filled in a form. And I was like, oh, I'm going to fill in something. Uh, I spent like 30 pounds to get 200 pounds back or something like that. Um, that something, is something like that. Um, way better that than was, what it is in the United States. <laughs> Whereas wow. the, the bottom line is, as I've said many times, the government knows what you earn because your employer passes that information to them every month. Right. And yeah. they simply calculate what you earn and then you pay it. Um, and you never see the money. It's just taken out before you get it. And then at the end of the year, you calculate it. And if, you, if you're on a salary that earns the same every month, it's accurate every time. Um, if you've got a bunch of money invested and that means it's more complicated, well, you might want to fill in a form and do taxes. Um, if you um, are on a, um, uh, if you're, if you, if you're, if a large chunk of your income is based on commission, meaning you get an asymmetrical amount of um, income each month, then it may mean that because it gets balanced out every month, your last pay may not be enough to correct, to calculate it properly. So therefore, you've got to do an over under to correct it, um, right? Uh, which will then not be taken from you generally. Um, they'll just say, oh, right, well, the next year we'll calculate it into your next taxes and every month you'll pay this much extra um, in order to pay back, in order to make up for what you didn't pay last year. If it's a massive out, uh, difference, um, you might have to pay it up front or pay it back quicker. But because it's only a small amount based on um, a small amount um, needing to be reclaimed and it may be a couple of hundred pounds or 20 pounds or something like that, it gets absorbed into your uh, pay the next year so it's super easy it's done for you you never have to do anything oh my god that sounds amazing <laughs> yeah. it's like we deal with that like if we're under and like we owe something it doesn't get wrapped into the next years no well you can you, make you a, owe a debt yeah like, that's and it's treated as a debt so yeah you have to pay interest and, on it if you pay it if you pay it for it monthly over the course of the next year uh and then I don't know how high a percentage they can do, but if it goes long enough, like they can start garnishing wages. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and 
it's just insane. Yeah, and yeah, and they, you- they they can even garnish the uh, disability income. Mm. Yeah, to nine percent. Yeah. it's insane and and Americans would not put up with it if every American was exposed to as much international uh, news or international information as the average person from another country is Americans wouldn't accept this they would see that it's not acceptable and they would do something about it and they would talk openly with friends and it would become a thing that you're all angry about uh, yeah. But because only pockets of you seeing it's like it, uh, it's like um, when uh, it's like measles. It's not really a thing because so many people uh, are inoculated against it. And in the US, because so many people are inoculated against seeing a swathe of information from the outside world, some people get off on international news. Um, but to a massive degree, um, the uh, Americans don't see enough about enough things outside to learn enough about the outside. Um, and to go searching for further information. And that's, again, it's just because of the environment you're in. It's not because Americans are any different to other people. If you're fed less information from the outside world, you then seek out less information from the outside world because you have less opportunities and less inclination to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if and if Americans saw the world, if Americans saw the outside world the way that the outside world sees as much of America, they would literally be horrified with what they're putting up with. But yeah, so we've talked about gun reform and healthcare so far. Um, I think abortion and uh, women's rights is also something really important. Yeah, yeah. particularly right now. Um, um, I look. There's a lot we can cover, but let's just provide some international perspective first, um, yeah. because I guess that's why I'm on the podcast. It's just not a topic that comes up. The only time we talk about abortion is when we are horrified with what the u.s is doing it just it it doesn't come up um ireland about 10 years ago or something made it completely legal after years of having too much control by the um catholic church um ireland has changed massively though culturally and everything in the last 20 years um uh they had a what a, a a gay indian prime minister um a while back Wow. Um, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, he was quality. Some really good speeches from him, and uh, but yeah, and and they of course had some horrendous cases um, of um, of women dying because they weren't able to terminate a unviable, non-viable pregnancy, and then they and then meanwhile their family just has to watch them die because the doctors aren't allowed to do anything. Those were the horrific things that would happen. And they are the things that will happen in the US. They've but already started. Back to the perspe- but back to the perspective, because this is really important for so many more Americans to understand. This just is not a thing in other countries. Do you know, um, about three years ago, New Zealand realized that abortions were technically still illegal. And they were like, oh, we should really um, put this into law to make them legal. And everyone was like, yeah, all right, we probably should. But they'd just been done for so long. Um, because it was on the basis of medical need. And they were like, okay, well, if it's for medical need, we'll just let the doctors decide. And then someone was like, yeah, okay, but really put it into law because what if some right-wing nut jobs were to get in power? It's unlikely. The right-wing nut jobs in uh, in New Zealand are people that want to see minimum wage lowered um, as opposed to um, controlling who people can love and whether you're allowed to have a parasite kill you or not, even though the people that are against a parasite in your womb, killing you are the people that were perfectly fine for people to be forced to deal with a virus that they didn't want. Um, so yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it never comes up. Literally, it's not a conversation. Ninety percent of people support it elsewhere. It is just healthcare. Uh, the UK has had a right wing government for the last uh, twelve years, and the right wing government, although they didn't, although the majority of the party in power didn't vote for this, the majority of Parliament did. And it pushed through the the right for every British person to have access to um, pills in the post for the first 10 weeks of pregnancy. Um, and you can still get uh, an abortion on medical grounds, basically any medical grounds up until the point of viability. It's all done on medical grounds. And nobody's having abortions after 24 weeks um, of a baby 
that they suddenly decide they don't want. Those right. are babies that were um, loved and wanted, and those families are distraught at that time. Jesus, I'm getting emotional about this <laughs> um, yeah. because yeah. I mean, I, I'm look, I've I've um, I've been through uh, that of having a wanted pregnancy uh, that didn't work out. Not right. me personally, but somebody I knew, <laughs> um, uh, and it was, and it would have been another child that I would have, um, and it didn't work out. And I was able to talk to uh, workmates about it, and we're sitting around the table, um, and three other men all sitting at a table, just having our lunch, and we're all talking about the miscarriages that our partners have had, just openly talking about it. Yeah, and the the emotions around that, um, and then you think about. All of us are relatively early term, um, but it still hurts. But the thoughts of having a of having a, a baby that was so close that you could uh, literally feel it moving, and then you've got to choose between aborting that or it killing your wife and your other children not having a mother. Mm-hmm. And instead, yeah. and instead, the government is going to say no. Both of them need to die. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it's can't emphasize that enough. It's just not a thing that happens in normal countries, in moral countries, um, or any country that prioritizes science over yeah. uh, a way of life that is so out of touch with modern society. Yeah. Yep. What really gets me about this whole thing is um, seeing people, not just in my family, um, other people that I know and others that I don't know that lean conservative, seeing the same things that I'm seeing, they they comment or they say, this doesn't have to be this way. We, we still want some sort of exceptions. All the people that I'm seeing say stuff like this. Um, I know for a fact, because I know them, are going to vote red again. Because they have no idea that, no matter how much you talk to them, that their politicians do not care. Like, this was the goal. This is what they wanted yeah. to do. This is what this is what these people that are experiencing these moments of, that's not what I wanted, this is what they voted for. That, like, when they went yeah. to the ballot box, this is what they voted for. This is partially their fault. Because... They went in with this expectation because they were uninformed, and th- and they voted for this. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move into our last section here. Uh, follower questions, where I ask you questions that my followers have commented asking me to ask you. Some of these are also for me, evidently, because some of my followers didn't understand the assignment. Uh, but let's get into it. This is very clearly for you. Uh, why are why is your map upside down? Um, okay, here's my cynical answer. I knew it would create engagement. I knew people would ask. I knew people would comment about it, and I knew that would then push my videos out to more people. That is a very oh. cynical approach, and that is a fundamental reason why I have it. The other reason is I've always had upside down maps. Um, oh. I bought this one specifically because I wanted something that, was, that wasn't folded. I've always had ones that you buy in tourist shops that are upside down when you're in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and I've had those on the wall, but they've always got creases and it doesn't look nice. So I paid 20 pounds for one from Amazon. The reason why I think it's good and why it should be behind me, it's better than a blank wall, um, but more importantly, it makes people think um, that their pers- it, it's, it, it's, it's more of an an allegory is the wrong word, but you know what I mean, of change the way you're looking at things. It's an outside mm. perspective, and it pretty much symbolizes the entire reason for my account. Nice. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, for this, f- from nice the cover. same... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, from the same commenter uh, asking that question, they want to know what your guess is of uh, how this next season of of America will end and um, and will you be covering the next season? 
the United States Cinematic Universe is addictive. Um, it has a crazy amount of villains that get far too much attention. And the good guys that are trying to make it a better place are fighting a massive amount of money um, in order to get the attention they deserve. Um, and that's what makes it compelling viewing. Are, so you will be covering, so the, you next will be covering the next season. I'll be watching and I will definitely be covering it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one goes specifically for you. What, uh, how many political parties are in a typical free nation? Uh, and it's not a simple answer. The UK is three and the UK is terrible at being in a, 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 any kind of example of a democratic nation. It's semi-democratic at best, but far more right. democratic than the US. Um, and um, the you look at the likes of New Zealand. You'll have every most countries always have two main parties, but because they have proportional representation, you will then have a Green Party that gives people a place to go. If you're really passionate about the Greens, you can vote for them to give them more power, knowing that they will drag the left-wing party further left. Or more importantly, if they both get into power, they will then have to uh, they will have to agree to certain terms in order to create a coalition. So you'll get what yeah. you want by voting for a left-wing party. It won't destroy what you want uh, right. because you've sent you've sent votes elsewhere. Um, <laughs> and it is very, very normal for other um, for for most other countries to have viable alternatives to the two main parties. Um, and it all just yeah. So that's how normal countries are. You don't get penalised for voting third party like you do to a degree in the UK, which if it wasn't for the US would, US would be saying how horrific the UK is and their democratic processes. But because there's the US, kind of makes the UK look acceptable. And it looks like that wraps up the follower question segment and as a result, the podcast. If you're looking for more content by the three of us, you can check out Githnan's channel on TikTok. That's G-I-T-H-N-A-N. If you're looking for more America is the Bad Place, you can check out America is the Bad Place on TikTok. And if you're looking for more of my content, feel free to check out my novel, As the Pizza Burns, anywhere that books are sold. Or you can check me out on TikTok, at that Nick Powers guy. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.